Hi, welcome back to the Chinese Medicine Podcast. This is Marie Hopkinson. I'm a herbalist and an acupuncturist. Um, today's episode is just recorded only for audio listeners. So if you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and this is a dedicated episode just for you in this special space here. What we're going to be talking about today is um, how to be healthy with Chinese medicine and how to utilize these kinds of concepts that I'll that I talk about a lot. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of housekeeping about the the content that I'm putting out, where you can get different um, content, more content, <laughs> um, all the content to your heart's content. <laughs> um, so I want to say thank you so much for following and um, interacting on this um, platform. Like I don't see as much interaction here because that's just the way these audio things are. Like on YouTube, which is where I started this um this podcast, um, which is very video based, obviously, um, but there's a lot more interaction with people. And so I just wanted to give you that opportunity. If you listen to this and you think, yeah, this is interesting and I've got a question I'd like to be answered um, or, you know, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about a particular, to I'd like Marie to talk about a particular topic or sometimes I'll have a guest on that talks about a topic. So how, how could you do that? You can, um, it, it just hit me up through social media. So I'm on Instagram at Chinese Medicine Podcast. Um, you can leave a comment on a YouTube video. It doesn't have to be a related one. Just find one and say, hey, Marie, um, <laughs> you can send me an email, um, Chinese Medicine Podcast at gmail.com. It's really easy. Everything's kind of Chinese Medicine Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. So what I've been starting to do on YouTube is do some lives and that'll probably be streamed to Twitch as well. So if you're interested in following those kinds of things or having an interaction. Um, so certainly on YouTube, there can be great interaction between people commenting um, on those lives. And so that's how I'll probably do some Q&A, like answering people's questions. But one of the questions I get asked a lot in the same way, but in a different way. Hi, welcome back to the Chinese Medicine Podcast. This is Marie Hopkinson. I'm a herbalist and an acupuncturist. Um, today's episode is just recorded only for audio listeners. So if you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, and this is a dedicated episode just for you in this special space here. What we're going to be talking about today is um, how to be healthy with Chinese medicine and how to utilize these kinds of concepts that I'll, that I talk about a lot. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of housekeeping about the, the content that I'm putting out where you can get different, um, content, more content, <laughs> um, all the content to your heart's content. <laughs> um, so I want to say thank you so much for following and, um, interacting on this, um, platform. Like I don't see as much interaction here because that's just the way these audio things are like on YouTube, which is where I started this, um, this podcast, um, which is very video based, obviously. Um, but there's a lot more interaction with people. And so I just wanted to give you that opportunity. If you listen to this and you think, yeah, this is interesting. And I've got a question I'd like to be answered. Um, or, you know, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about a particular to I'd like Marie to talk about a particular topic or sometimes I'll have a guest on that talks about a topic so how, how could you do that you can um it, it just hit me up through social media so I'm on Instagram at Chinese Medicine Podcast um you can leave a comment on a YouTube video it doesn't have to be a related one just find one and say hey Marie um <laughs> you can send me an email um 
chinesemedicinepodcast at gmail.com. It's really easy. Everything's kind of Chinese Medicine Podcast. We're on Facebook as well. So what I've been starting to do on YouTube is do some lives. And that'll probably be streamed to Twitch as well. So if you're interested in following those kinds of things or having an interaction. Um, so certainly on YouTube, there can be great interaction between people commenting um, on those lives. And so that's how I'll probably do some Q&A, like answering people's questions. But one of the questions I get asked a lot in the same way, but in a different way, <laughs> let's say, um, but also that our body is coping. So most of the time in my practice, I see patients who've got you know, illnesses and conditions and things already going on. And that those things don't just happen overnight. They happen over time. And even for, for your own self, like that is, that's aging. Otherwise we wouldn't, we'd never die if our um, sleep was perfect forever and our digestion was perfect forever. Our yang, let's say, didn't decline. We'd be, we'd live forever. We'd, we'd never die. So there, there is some element of, of what that aging process is, but it doesn't have to escalate as quickly for some people as as it as it does, right? Because of the foods that they're putting in, or and also the environment. So it's got to do with let's come back to just the basic thing of environment within us, environment around us. So how do you tell if your digestion's healthy? We're going to talk about that in this podcast. We're going to talk about how do you um, like what's a great what's good sleep. Um, now, if those things are really out of balance, that's when you need to see a practitioner. You can't just fix it by listening to a YouTube video or, or, or an audio podcast or something like that. Um, you you kind of need the help of a practitioner. So part of my job, I guess, in putting these things out there is to let people know um, what a practitioner could do for you. How can they help you? Um, when that might be useful and when you could just you know get away with doing some stuff at home and seeing how far that can kind of go to you, like keep yourself healthy or improve your health. But if you're already at the stage where, let's say, you've got insomnia as a condition, like you can't sleep very well, um, that's something you want to sort out. Now, you don't necessarily have a disease when you have bad sleep. People don't necessarily go and seek out the help as early as they should for that. And it's not necessarily a, a person's fault. It's the fault of Western medicine, or as in, like, let's say, if that was the only system of medicine, um, they don't have uh, a program or they don't encourage people to seek out help for these things that would just keep us healthy. Um, you have to wait until you're sick as an illness, right? It's not, there's no public health messages to say, hey, if you've got insomnia, you should, you know, or if you can't sleep well, you're, you know, you should go and seek help from your doctor because they might just say, well, we'll fix that with sleeping tablets, but why can't you sleep? Well, let's try to help you to be healthier. So that's what Chinese medicine's about. It's one thing it's about, and it's a great thing that, it's great that it is about that. So um, your sleep. So you should be able to fall asleep, you know, easily. Um, you know, when you want to sleep, you can lie down and fall asleep. You're not sort of lying there for hours. Um, you should have a sound sleep, um, not, uh, not awareness of things that are going on. And so what happens when you fall asleep is that your mind shuts down and goes to rest like in TCM they think of it as resting in the heart blood so what that means is your your mind is purely yang right when you're conscious that's a yang function it's a it's it, it's immaterial right your brain itself is the yin right the density of your body 
the, the structure and that is your is your is the yin but your consciousness so you, you, like let's say a person has um a they go unconscious their brain is still physically there the brains nothing's wrong with their physical brain necessarily it's just that their mind like where's their mind right what why are they why are they not conscious so um yeah okay if you structurally damage the brain that can cause that as well but like what I'm getting at is there you can be physically um, intact, but you're mentally um, not stable, let's say, in the same way. Um, so this relationship between yang and your consciousness is to, to do with, in Chinese medicine, your shen. So on this um, podcast, we kind of talk a little bit about concepts of Chinese medicine that like I'm blur, not blurring the lines, but I'm kind of pushing you towards what a student would know rather than just, okay, let's just keep it all simple. And, you know, so if you don't understand all of it, that's fine. So the consciousness is that yang function. And when you're sleeping, that consciousness should, um, like, become at a, we go into a place of complete rest. And so the more it's at complete rest, the less you are going to be disturbed by noise or sounds outside or, you know, anything like that. And the less you'll be disturbed by dreams or be, have awareness that you are sleeping. I remember a patient that I had once, a child, he was probably about nine, I think nine or nine or ten. And I love treating kids in this way because they are, they, their, their conditions conditions that kids get tend to be much more functional than material. So what that means is they're much more like a, their their chi or their yang needs to be moved around, let's say, or um, it, it, rather than there being some sort of, you know, huge detriment or deficit there that, they, that you need to kind of build up the substance of. Just because that's what happens when you're younger. <laughs> you don't have all these deficits and stuff that have happened as a result of being old, of being aged. Um, and kids can often get like in TCM they call it heat in in classical Chinese medicine we kind of call it like you know a, a bit of floating yang or like not not from a deficiency but just that like there, there's heat there's heat symptoms and so you know they they've more got what it, we would call like a yang a yang problem let's just call it like that right so this kid came in and he I checked his pulse and he kind of had what we would call like a uh, a Xiaoyang pattern, right? Which means that, you know, it's kind of coming and going and he'd had this thing going on for ages um, with, with his sleep. I don't want to get into too many details because it's not like it's not a case study here, but I'm just mentioning this as a, as a, a way of thinking about what sleep should be like. Um, and, you know, he just... It, sometimes with kids as well, it's hard to tell... hard to get from them whether they do have poor sleep, like some some kids are really articulate and they can kind of say that stuff and others just rely you know the parents kind of say well they they you know they climb into bed with me at night or they wake up with night terrors or they you know might even wet the bed or something like that so this kid had insomnia and um he hadn't had it for a very long time um but when he with this xiaoyang kind of pattern um it's a very simple kind of formula that we use so something like xiao chai hu tang was what i used now if that doesn't work there's other formulas that you might use um, down the track but ooh, I gave it to him and um, he came back two weeks later and I said how's his sleep now and he goes 
Well, I just um, close my eyes and then it's the morning. And that's the point of this story. Like that's what sleep should be like. I just close my eyes and then it's the morning. Like he had no reference to anything that's happened at night. So that is perfect sleep really. Um, if you could just close your eyes and then it's the morning. And I said to him, well, you, and his mum was kind of looking at me like almost envious or jealous or not jealous, but just, you know, like, wow, that's great. Um, and I said, look, a lot of adults would, you know, be very envious of that kind of sleep. That's what you should be having. And that's perfect. And that's great. Um, because your Shen is resting, your Shen's not active. You shouldn't be um, aware of stuff. Now, there can be lots of reasons why we don't have great sleep. And that's where a practitioner can kind of help you. If you've had emotional um, stuff going on recently, um, you know, your, your mind might be processing through that. And that's sometimes what dreams are doing. So that's where psychology comes in. And that can be very helpful for people. And that's not really what Chinese medicine's about. Like maybe some Chinese medicine practitioners might know about psychology, but they're not psychologists. Um, so they're not going to help you kind of interpret your dreams. Like really the basis of Chinese medicine is to look at the physiology, help us restore that physiology, like the physical, and then the mental would sort of repair itself from there. Um, now, having said that, there's lots of patients I've had that I've had to also refer them to um, like mental health help, like maybe a counsellor or psychology or even psychiatry or things like that. Um, because like they need a combination of stuff. But when it's just in that simple... Like the kids, the the kids patient example is a great one because that's a purely functional thing. So if it wasn't, um, it, like if if there was other things going on, that those just simply that herbs formula wouldn't be enough. There'd been the other things kind of needed. Um, so that's important. Sleep is super important, right? Um, so that's one of the pillars. Now the second pillar of health is your um, digestion. So if your digestion's healthy, basically what you should have is no bloating, no pain. Um, you should be able to eat a wide variety of foods. Now, when I say that, like not every food is healthy to eat in abundance. And that's the, the key here that I want to sort of hone in on is balance. Like you see that a lot when I first studied Chinese medicine, you know, it was like, oh, isn't that the Taiji or the yin yang symbol? Isn't, it, isn't that what Chinese medicine's about, right? In the early 90s, the the Taiji symbol, which is that yin-yang symbol, was a very popular thing, right? Oh, the yin-yang. like, um, And it, yes, it is about balance, but it's also about you being aware as a person when you've gone out of balance. Now, one of the biggest problems with this is if you're already out of balance, you, you can't really use this method because sometimes you become so familiar with something that's normal to you but it's not actually healthy so a good example of that would be in your bowel movements so one of the ways you can tell if your digestion's healthy is uh, you know are your bowels healthy so if you've constantly had a, a, like you've been having an unhealthy situation where you just have very loose stools all the time where you go frequently by frequently i mean like more than two times a day um Every time you go to urinate, you you know have a bowel movement or you have urgency, which is like, oh, I feel like I need to go, and then you know, you know, I've got to go, um, and that's a regular thing for you. Then your body just gets used to it. Same as constipation. I've had some patients that go once a week, and that's normal for them. So they they're kind of like that's not even an issue. That might not even be something they've come in to be treated for. 
It just comes up as part of the conversation. So what's important to keep yourself healthy is if you don't have that reference at the start, then how can you know if these things are keeping you healthy? Because you're not actually healthy already. That's one, one thing to consider. But if you are already healthy, then you can kind of eat these foods. So we go back to the questions that I get asked a lot, like is nut milk better for me than um, normal milk, than cow's milk? Um, which nut milk's better? Like should I have, um, you know, almond milk or soy or like let's say milk substitute? Should I have soy or this or that? Well, you kind of want to look, think of your body as a little experiment, you know, machine, let's say. And if you just change one thing, then you can kind of see what does that do? What does that one thing do? Um, it, it, sometimes you've got so many things going on at the time that you can't pinpoint it down. Um, and some people just don't want to do this. They just can't be bothered doing this. Um, so what you can do if you do want to give this a try is you can go into a diet called the clear bland diet um, to reset your body or to give it something that should be very easy to digest and shouldn't cause you any problems. So what's that, what is that diet? Now there's a book called The Healing, Healing with Whole Foods by Paul Pitchford. And that's one of the very common Chinese medicine diet therapy books. And it's also used in Western nutrition um, in like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, holistic nutrition studies as well. Um, it, this is a book that I feel like it was written kind of before its time, like as in, if he if he'd written that book now, um, you know he'd probably be one of these Instagram people with bazillions of followers. Um, the stuff that the content that's in that book is huge. Like it's 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 a bible of of stuff. It's a huge textbook, but it's also got a lot of a lot of recipes in it. And his main premise in that book is whole foods, right? Which means less packets, less processed, or no packets and no processed ultimately. And cooking for yourself. And that's a big concept for some people. They Like I, I know people that say, oh, I cooked a pasta tonight. And they've gotten pasta that they didn't make. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about that. I, I use that too, right? The dried pasta out of a packet. Um, they haven't sort of made that out of the flour and the egg and those things themselves. They've just gotten out of a packet. And then they've gotten a jar sauce, tipped it over it. And they might have mixed in a few veggies or mixed in something else. And they're like, oh, I cooked up a pasta. Look, that's still good that you're eating something. <laughs> it's better not to not starve. It's better than to starve. But um, it's not really, that's not cooking. It's kind of like heating up and, you know, preparing things that are pre-prepared, right? So if you eat like that all the time, every day, and that's your general kind of diet, then that will take its toll on your body over time. It's not the greatest thing to do. And look, I totally understand that people, I'm much more of a pragmatic approach person. Like I have to take this approach with my patients. I'll tell you what's the ultimate thing to do. Um, and then, you know, you have to come to a, a place where you can use, you know, what, do what works for you. And because I think it's actually more detrimental to be worried about, oh, I should be doing it this way and I can't. Because we all have different things in our life that are important to us. And accomplishing those things could sometimes, you know, take precedent over, you know, other things. But if that, if, if bringing yourself back to that healthy balance is your goal and you're willing to just do whatever it takes, then 
you basically just want to cook foods from scratch as much as possible and just stop buying jars and packets and things like that. Um, and even processed foods like bread. So for carbohydrates, go for things like rice or, um, you know, even grains where you might make a congee, a, a rice porridge, or, a, or a, you could use millet or buckwheat or other kind of grains. Um, as whole grains, eating those things rather than breads and, you know, wraps and, and things like that. So um, what is this clear bland diet? So in this Pitchford book, he talks about um, fasting and he talks about using this um, like a, a reset of your body. Um, and I've seen it in other textbooks as well. I've read lots of Chinese diet therapy textbooks. I've taught Chinese diet therapy for many, many years um, at a university level Chinese medicine program. So what they're talking about is having things that are easy to digest on your spleen and stomach, very simple foods, almost similar to when you wean a baby, right? Except you don't need everything mashed. So when a baby's being weaned off of breast milk or off of milk, you're basically just going from, you know, them having the first time to have solid foods, they're, you're, you're introducing their spleen, let's say, right? Really it's their, you know, their mouth, their taste, all those things to, to these foods. And so you want to go as slowly as possible. That's a big part of, you know, um, like weaning kids healthily in Chinese medicine. That's kind of probably another uh, another thing. I do have a, a video on YouTube about that, um, like how to, what's a healthy kid's diet and how to kind of uh, approach that. Um, so when you're going back to this diet, you want to, you, what you simply have is basically like buy a rice cooker if you if you can or get one with a steaming basket at the top. This is, this is the quickest, easiest way. So you make some rice, just plain white rice. Don't have brown rice. In Chinese medicine, we always have white rice. Um, so you make, make some rice and then you put some steamed veggies on top, right? So you do some broccoli or cauliflower or, um, you know, some beans or string beans or whatever you want to have. And you just have, a, have that every day for three days. The same food, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, you don't have to have a lot of rice and you could have soup instead. So you could make a big pot of veggie soup. And if you're already kind of familiar with some of these foods and you think, yeah, I've had chicken stock before, I've got some bone broth that I've made, um, like maybe chicken bone broth or, or a beef bone broth, um, you could use that in the, in the cooking to add some flavor. But you don't want to kind of add in too many other flavors, right? Certainly nothing from a packet, spice mixer, stuff like that. It's a, that's what we mean by bland. It is going to taste bland. And what that does is, one, it resets the flavors. So particularly if you're addicted to sweet, it's not a, it's not a, if you're addicted to different flavors of foods, it's, it, you know, and you eat a lot of packet things like chips and salty snacks or nuts or, you know, and you're craving these kind of foods or you're kind of like going, well, I, cry, I you know, I'd like, oh, I'll have, um, you know, just you're craving flavors all the time or you're having a lot of sweet. This is a great way to kind of reset your flavors, get off those things. So what you would do is you would um, eat that for three days and you would observe the, th so hopefully your bowels would be regular. So you'd be going, you know, every day, every day, once, once a day, maybe twice a day, properly formed bowel movements, you know, no bloating. If you're feeling like you don't feel so great for like one or two days, you might extend this out to sort of, you know, three or four days until you're feeling great on, on that. And 
like mentally you might not feel great for the first couple of days if you eat a lot of sugar and you suddenly just go onto this kind of diet and um you know creamy things like you know dairy so if you put a lot of cream in your cooking or richer flavors you know it might take you a bit of time to kind of adjust to that so if you don't like having rice or you don't want too many carbs you could just make a soup and you could just do the soup for a few for a few days and if you really trying to like let's say you're trying to lose weight um you could have bone broth soup you know in between if you're craving something you're thinking oh i'm just so hungry um if you drink tea or coffee you could just it'd be great if you could just go off those things and tea is not so bad but if you you know can't do all of that then just still have your tea and coffee if that's what you need to do um but by doing this clear bland diet it's kind of like resetting your system and then for someone who thinks they might be allergic to certain foods or have issues with foods you would just introduce those foods slowly again so if it's dairy products let's say lactose or something if you went off of those things and then you you have it again you and you think oh my bowels are you know i feel crampy and bloated in my guts uh, when i had a coffee is it the coffee is it the milk so then you just go back to that clear bland diet don't have any of that try having a coffee with the, uh, almond milk instead of normal milk or you know whatever you've had um I kind of noticed this for myself when I started drinking A2 milk. And I really am one of these people that thinks, oh, you should just make your spleen and stomach as strong as possible and you should be able to withstand anything and, you know, have whatever, uh, you know, you should be able to have any, every anything. And um, I'm a person who does like quite a bit of coffee and that's not really the healthiest thing for you. And at times I've had days where I've had, you know, way too many coffees, um, you know, just it, for periods of time, just because I really enjoy coffee. Um, and so I was fine with coffee, no problem. And I, you know, have milk in it, um, no worries. And then um, one day, I think, I don't know what I was doing. I was like, listening to some research or something like that. And I switched to A2 milk. I, started, I thought I'll buy this A2 milk. Um, because I was just listening to someone talking about how good, you know, good it was and how it's meant to be, you know, this is how milk is supposed to be and this kind of thing. So I'd had this A2 milk for like two or three days and then I went to a cafe and I just ordered what I normally would have. And within probably, you know, half an hour of having it, I had these cramps in my guts and I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. Now, I'd been having coffee for all week with this A2 milk. And then I suddenly had regular milk, like what I would normally have. And I was like, what's going on here? And I didn't think much of it at the time. I just thought, oh, you know, maybe I've eaten something bad, but I didn't think it was the milk. And then I went back home, still kept having my A2 milk. And then it happened again. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, it's, it's, it's regular milk. And um, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it happened again yesterday when I didn't even realize like I've so I've had I've been drinking a2 milk for like two maybe two years now and every time I go to a cafe I'll have I'll order almond milk um and so I'm the reason why I'm telling you the story is not to <laughs> give you my personal details <laughs> too much but to say this is what you want to when when everything's like in a state of balance or everything's kind of the same and you just change one thing then you can know that it's that thing right and so yesterday I was like, oh, I'm, I feel so, I feel so crampy. Like I felt like, oh, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting sick in my guts. Maybe I ate something wrong, right? And, and it wasn't like for very long. It was probably like an hour. 
um, you know, oh, am I going to get gastro? <laughs> like that was the feeling. Like I just could feel a cramping. And then I thought, you know what? Today I've, all I've had was regular milk because the A2 milk had run out and that's all I could buy. At work I had some, I had regular milk. And I was like, okay, so what is that? Um, so yeah, look, sometimes your body will change and it's no longer tolerating something that it could tolerate before. And that can happen, right? So, you know, like I've never made, and then other times you just, maybe you're getting these symptoms and you didn't even realize that it was that and you just put up with that and you just thought, you know, um, it's normal to feel crampy and bloated. That's just how I feel all the time. Or you might mistake that symptom for something else. So, you know, I, I see this a lot with people that have gynecological symptoms. They might sort of think, oh, that's my endometriosis or that's um, PCOS, right? Polycystic ovary syndrome or something like that. When it's actually like a food is causing pain, like it's hard to differentiate. You're not a you're not a doctor necessarily, right? Maybe some people listening here are doctors, but even doctors, and even myself as a practitioner, you're not um, you don't necessarily know the difference between these things um, in your own body. Like when you feel pain, is the pain coming from, you know, like where is the pain coming from? Until you do these kinds of experiments. So, what's good about uh, uh, kind of committing yourself to being healthy and by hopefully if you if you're still listening now <laughs> then you obviously committed to learning about your body in a chinese medicine way and this is a huge part of chinese medicine is keeping your body healthy preventing illness um you know it's hard to to articulate or to quantify what you're preventing when you when you have when you're preventing something because it never occurs so you, you're kind of doing yourself a service that you will never really know <laughs> because if you're preventing illness, then, you know, like you, you can't quantify what you didn't have, what you didn't get. Um, it's very hard to do that. Like, you know, you'd have to have a very longitudinal study with, you know, groups of people that did do these things and groups of people that don't. There is some research on like longevity studies looking at um, centenarians and people like, you know, so if you've lived a hundred years or more, then there's, you know, there's. A, I mean, you could have gone through cancer, you could have gone through great illnesses and things like that, but those things haven't taken you out so far, right? So, what are you what What are you doing in your in in your body and your health? And that's, um, I might do an episode on this channel about those things because I think that's very very interesting, um, to kind of bring people's knowledge or bring your attention to that knowledge that's about living that long life. Um, so. Let's talk about um, how to decide for yourself, right? So how do you decide which nut milk's better for me to have? Um, and should I have this stuff, right? So if you go onto this clear bland diet and everything's great, you're feeling healthy, you're feeling good. So in terms of feeling healthy, you're not feeling bloated, you don't have pain, um, you know, you're generally at a, at a balance. And then you just add one or two foods in and see what happens. Like that, that would be what you'd do if you had extreme things and then if you've got symptoms from that go back to that clear bland diet now most people won't be able to stay on that for a long time because it'd be bored of it you go out for dinner you know your social life kind of interferes with those things too so what what would you do in a normal sense you'd probably go on to that and then you just you could just bang go back onto your normal diet right and then if you suddenly notice symptoms coming back we think something that i'm eating something that I'm doing isn't agreeing with me. 
I was much better on this clear bland diet. Now, one part part of this clear bland diet is it's mostly cooked. So if you're a raw food person, just simply changing to cooked foods makes a huge difference, right? If you have predominantly raw. So I'm not saying you can never have raw, but just those kinds of things can make a big difference. Um, and so what I'm getting at is if you're aware, like it's got to do with awareness of how that's changing your situation. Now, you might be, let's say you're like, like with the milk situation for me, I didn't have to go onto a clear bland diet completely to be able to figure that out. I just had that one thing and I, and I could, could replicate that experiment like many times. So I've had the milk, oh, that's had that, you know, the first two times was accidental. And then I remember once I ordered it from a cafe and then I was like, oh no, the, the milk, <laughs> like I had already ordered it. I was like, I'll just drink it anyway. And then I, then it definitely, that when that, when I got the bloating that time and the cramps that time, I was like, yeah, okay. From now on, I'll just order almond milk. Um, you know, and your, your brain kind of has this awareness of, you know, pain much more than other things. I think, you know, like if you, if you have a table that's kind of out, out of the ordinary position, right. And you bang your, your head on that, or you bang your, you bang your leg on it. You know, the next time you walk past it, you're kind of walking around it. You, you're you're aware, you're remembering because you had that pain. So you're like, oh yeah, I won't do that again. I'll 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 walk to avoid that that problem, right? Um, it's the same as with those things, right? And sometimes it can take a little bit of time for you to develop that awareness, like I was with the with the milk. Um, and so you could just kind of do a subtle change. You could say, right, okay, so let's say it is the milk thing, and you think, okay, I'm going to go on to different things, like. Do I feel even better if I have um, almond milk instead of A2 milk or, you know, do I feel... So what would be the symptoms of dampness, which is too much moisture that can't be transformed properly, like not enough yang to transform it? So this is one of the questions I get a lot, like, is this product dampening? Is this Does this cause dampness, Marie? Um, is, well, if you, if you feel more bloated or you get looser bowels from having that thing then that's more dampening and, and more dampening to what? Well, more dampening than what you were having before, for sure. So if you're, let's say you're just swapping out a milk, right? Um, if you, um, yeah. So I think that's probably what we're gonna end on today. I don't, I, this doesn't have to be quite a bit of, quite a big ramble, but I just want to give you kind of, um, you know, my uh, way I guess of you know a way that you can test this stuff out on on it for you, on for yourself and also to be empowered like I really want you to feel that you're empowered to um, know your body to be in tune to your body so if you've got a question about Chinese medicine um, I would love to hear it in the comments of this if there's a place to put comments here you know these platforms are changing um, all the time which is fantastic um, and changing for the better uh, one of the things that's recently happened is we were voted number three in the top 20 Chinese medicine podcasts you must follow by in 2021. That's what the name of their um, blog is um, on Feedspot. So I'll put the link to that in the description below because there's uh, quite a few nice little podcasts if you're interested in Chinese medicine to kind of learn about it. Um, there's, you know, different ones about uh, wellness and health and tea Um and particularly if you're a student of Chinese medicine, there's heaps of different ones here. So um, that was lovely. Thank you so much for um, including us in that list um, to the people who make that. Um, and it's good to kind of um, 
I think get a variety of knowledge on these things. So if you're interested in it, um, you know, you can kind of learn from different sources um, and get different people's opinions on things. That's that's always, you know, good to get that. So um, if you're if you're not following us on social media, um, then you can do on Instagram at uh, Chinese Medicine Podcast, Facebook Chinese Medicine Podcast. Um, we I put little clips of videos and things like that there, um, based off of the YouTube things that we do. And I'm also going to be doing those live streams that I mentioned at the start. So um, that's that'll be on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'll probably do a couple of those a week um, because it's just something novel. To, it's a novelty for me, and it means that I can communicate with people quicker um doing doing it live and um you know there's that interaction which i love doing that um so thank you so much for your support of this podcast and if you find this interesting and valuable um then please feel free to share it with um others that you think would be interested if you're in a wellness community or something like that and you think people might be interested in this um please share it um and what really helps us a lot is if you give us a rating on the Apple podcast system or the Google podcast system. So wherever you listen to this, um, particularly in Apple, if you rate us, um, you give us a star rating, that would be really helpful. And um, I look forward to talking with you again soon. Um, Thank you so much. I hope you're doing well and um, have a great week ahead. Bye.